Welcome to the Next Level Life Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. Today, I've got a bit of a treat for you. I've got Sarah Yarrow joining us. She's an expert interior designer. So I wanted to get Sarah on today because I know there's lots of listeners out there who have been thinking about starting a side hustle or, you know, maybe changing careers and pursuing something that they're really passionate about. And uh, I've worked with Sarah personally and I've known her for a couple of years now. She's just a really super humble, chilled out, but really passionate person who's jumped into a career that she loves and she's really started to dominate and become a really well sought after interior designer so i know that you're going to love this one um before we get in, I just want to give a quick shout out to a foundation that's really close to my wife and my heart, schoolforlife.org.au. So the team at School for Life have been building schools in Uganda for over 10 years now, and they've changed the course of so many young kids' lives in Uganda. And uh, what happens over there is, unfortunately, it's not a gimme that every kid gets to go to school. So um, if you've got a spare couple of bucks, uh, reach out to the team at schoolforlife.org.au, and for about $50 a month, you can sponsor a child um, to literally go to school and get an education, which changes the course of that child's whole family um, or if you've got a couple of spare bucks to even buy a brick which is about $30 which helps them build their next school so keep up the good work the team over at schoolforlife.org.au alrighty let's jump in so Sarah thank you so much for joining us today thank you it's a pleasure thanks for having me how are you holding up in isolation over there mate <laughs> so fine it's it's like there's not been that much change i work from home anyway um and my husband works in construction so for both of us um nothing's really changed that dramatically so um i've, I've just now realized that i live in isolation all the time so <laughs> so for listeners out there i met sarah a couple of years ago so my wife and i were looking to get someone to come into our house and basically say here's what you need to do so we built a house about five six years ago but we'd never really finished it off so sarah as an interior designer we were recommended her and uh, she came in and she basically just made us feel really comfortable comfortable about what the plans was and next thing you know we just gave her the keys to the house and you know we're so fortunate that we're in a position to get someone like sarah and she just made it huge difference to the way our house looks and so Sarah what I was going to ask you is take me back when did you first know that you wanted to be an interior designer oh gosh um it was without even knowing it as a very young little girl um I was um putting into practice all of these skills anyway so um I was, I'm an only child and um, my parents worked quite a lot when I was young and we lived in um, a regional area. So I got very used to um, having to entertain myself and, and make up my own games and creativity and all of that. And I think that sense of imagination really developed from there. Um, but what I would do all the time is pull everything out of my bedroom and my playroom and rearrange all the furniture, put everything back. Um, so without even realizing it, I was teaching myself spatial planning and scale and proportion and, um, you know, how to put things together. Um, but it wasn't until later in life, um, so my mid-20s, I had a few big life-changing things happen. And I took myself off and, and went traveling for the best part of three years. And um, I, I worked in an orphanage in Vietnam for a bit. I lived in Italy and um, I just had a lot of time to just think and work out what do I actually want from this life. And, um, and I was on my own most of the time. And um, I, I don't know, so many people were just amazing and took me under their wing. And I think I just met a few um, 
people that were really creative along the way and um, I, I just sort of realised, actually, this is what I've been wanting to do the whole time. And so I came back and I studied and, um, yeah, at the time I was working in real estate and I had two bosses who were um, just extremely supportive and really, really clever businessmen and they became my mentors um, and, and still are today. And they basically taught me about how to run a business and all the back end stuff. Cause you can have your, your craft and your trade, but you still need to be able to run a business. Like 80% of it really is running a business. Um, and 20% I get to do like the fun, um, design stuff. So yeah, I really sort of learned those fundamentals and, um, I don't know, just that was it. I, I studied and then went, okay, I can do this and off we go. But you know what you sound, you make it sound like, oh, that was it. But there'll be lots of listeners. <laughs> there'll be lots of listeners out there right now are going, like, that's my dream to quit my job and to, to to chase my passion. And and I know, like, knowing your background, Sarah, I know you spent, you sort of, you know, maybe made it sound a little bit easier. But you're in real estate for eight years, and like, that's a really that's a grind, right? So that was the main reason I wanted to have you on today because working with Sarah, she was just so professional, and I just love that something started as a dream started as a side hustle and now it's morphed into this business where Sarah's like a well sought after interior designer. Sarah, what I was going to ask you, like how scary was it when you first decided to make the plunge and go out on your own and start this dream of becoming an interior designer? Um, yeah, yeah, of course it's scary, but I think, um, it's not just like, well, for me, I didn't just wake up one day and go, oh, I'm going to do this today and therefore it's a scary big leap. There was very much a plan in place and a long period to wind up to that um, jumping off the cliff type thing. Um, it, um, by that stage, I was, um, I was nearly 30 by then and um, I was... I can't remember if I was newly married or just about to get married and we bought a house and um, there were lots of big things happening. So it was a big discussion with my husband and I to just go, okay, are we prepared to do all this now and have me give this a real good crack or um, are we going to delay this? And I think with his support as well, it was like, we need to do this now or, you know, never going to do it type thing. So, um, yeah, there, it, it was scary. Like for me, I guess I just... I, I knew I was never going to be an employee long-term. Like I just, <laughs> I'm just not that kind of person. And these two bosses, these mentors that I had, they were very um, aware of that, I suppose, and um, did everything they could to teach me how to be an entrepreneur and a business owner so that I could go out on my own. Um, so extremely lucky there and extremely lucky to have the support of my husband. But yeah, it, it was scary because you're like, well, I'm putting our, um, I basically put our um, family financial situation back a couple of years um, to be able to give this a crack. And it was with the long-term vision, of course. Um, and now, you know, we're sort of seeing the rewards from that. But at the start, yeah, it would put a lot of um, pressure on us, I guess, um, financially. And I just wanted to make that work. So, yeah, that was scary. <laughs> you know what? It's a couple of things that yeah, you said there that I know – will be the listeners will be out there thinking it's that okay what i found um really important what you said is that you and your husband you did it together right so it was like okay well we're both on board it's not like you know he's going this way you're going that way and it creates that tension because that that almost always ends badly and that that second thing that 
I, I just heard you say was there was that it's a slow start and you had to, you had, when you're going into these guys, like anyone out there, businesses, it's, a, it's such a slow road. So you need to have that vision and that mindset that, okay, I'm doing this and the payoff is going to be for me in three or four years down, down the line. And what I've always said to, to people I coach Sarah, and I think this, this is probably true for me and for the businesses that I've built um, and sold and so forth is just anytime you start a business, you're underpaid for the first three or four years, right? But then you sort of overpaid for the rest of your life yeah. uh, once you start to get that traction. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think as well, it takes, um, it just takes a few clients to really believe in you and then and give you a crack at it. And, and then you're flying. Um, but you've got to set yourself up for that. So it, for me, it was just about doing all the, the little basic things, right? So again, this came back to the training from those business owners was like, make sure your back end is set up, make sure everything is systemized and, um, uh, your customer is given a really, really good streamlined customer experience. Um, and that you're investing in marketing that is appropriate for you at that stage of business and being really strategic about those sorts of things. So I tried to do, um, use the resources that I had available to me at that startup stage. And, um, yeah, I wasn't, making much at all um i was very lucky that my first client was just completely by chance and um i did his whole house and ended up working with him for years afterwards did his offices in brisbane and melbourne and sydney and all of that and he was just like that is just um and just um really going with um your gut on things because i met that client because I just by chance rescued his dog one morning. The dog was lost and returned the dog, started chatting to this guy. Turns out he's a hugely successful um, businessman. He was only a few years older than me at the time, um, bachelor. And he was like, oh, I've been looking for an interior designer to do my house. Do you think you can come and have a look? I went and ended up working with him for the next few years afterwards revamp the whole house offices everything and it was just from that point just someone believing in you and giving you a go even though at that time I didn't have everything sorted I didn't have all the templates done and my accounting system set up how I should have and all of the things that people tell you that you have to have um, I just went in and gave it a really good crack and over delivered in um, in my experience with him and and he was loyal to me. And um, but, that was sort of my first step in. But Sarah, and not to embarrass you here, but I, um, I read a book ages ago. It was called, you might've read it. It's called Raving Fans by Kenneth Blanchard, right? And what it talks about is in business, you've got to just create raving fans who will just go to war for you. And guys, I don't have any referral relationship with Sarah whatsoever, but I've recommended Sarah to everyone I can. And not because, you know, like I said, there's no financial benefit, but I just want people to have the experience that I had. And um, Sarah, I think that's the way you've approached businesses where you just treat every client like they're the only client you have. And I think going back to that rescuing that dog or that guy, I, I, I would suggest that you just would have showed him so much energy and enthusiasm. You wanted to get into his house. And I remember when you were like coming over to my house, you were walking around my house, like it was your own house. And you just, you were more excited than I was. And I, I think anyone listening out there, you can, doesn't matter if you're a, um, a dog washer or a blind cleaner or a lawnmower energy. Like if you don't have, if you're getting started on your own and you don't have that, you know, 
huge list of clients or huge bank account or massive brand name, one of the, the only thing that you can win on is your energy and enthusiasm because people, people love that stuff. And, and Sarah, I, I love how you've used that to your advantage, especially in the, in the early days. Like it, it, I just think that makes a huge difference that you're not trying to get a thousand clients at once. You're just trying to have really nice clients do the best job. And, and, and would it be fair to say that you don't really worry about where your next client is coming from because of that structure? Yeah. Absolutely. And you're so right with that. Um, energy is absolutely everything. You, you'll get back whatever you put out to the world and that is with everything. But I guess I just try to run my business, like just treat everyone like they're, um, they're gold to me basically. And just at the end of the day, it's just about being a really good person and just be kind person and, do that don't I don't go and meet new clients and think oh gosh I'm gonna get you know x amount of dollars out of these people or anything like that it's just like wow these people have um, found me and invited me into their home like that is such a privilege firstly and second of all like I'm so excited for what these changes um, are going to bring to their lives and, and the life of their family um, I, re- I know that the value I can offer them is going to have a huge impact on their life um, and and that comes just by being me so um, at the end of the day I mean I'm offering a very personal um, luxury service really so people are buying <laughs> me like there's a brand around me but at the end of the day that they're, they're buying me and um, I want them to to feel that and um, yeah so it's all about the relation that that's probably the biggest thing I've learned in business is that it, you can have the best marketing in the world but it's all about um, the relationships and that's just comes down to just treat people well and treat people how you want to be treated. It's so basic, but it's everything. Yeah, I am. It's funny you say that I've coached clients before and they're like, Oh, I've just, I've just um, put together this $50,000 social marketing strategy or digital marketing strategy. And I, I, I sort of have a background in digital marketing and, I, and one of the things I said, oh, when was the last time you spoke to your best 20 clients? They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't. It's like, well, I can guarantee you, if you spend a day just jumping on the phone, just just giving up your your, your best clients, give them a quick call, check yeah. in, see how they're going is, that would generate, if not uh, as much, but more business than spending fifty grand on a cold marketing campaign. And don't get me wrong, you need to you need to depending what stage of business you're at, you need to be firing on all cylinders. But that really, you've got that real homemade care approach. I remember a funny story when you're at my house and we're at the front having a chat, and you were like, um, I said, I think I said, oh. Yeah, how can I help you? Like, who can I send you? And you were like, oh, just, just send me the nice people. You didn't care how much money they're going to spend. And I think that's a, that's a great approach because business is so stressful. And, well, sorry, no, what I found, business isn't stressful, but working with idiots and yeah. shitty people is stressful. That's what I found. Most people would say, if you said, what's the worst part of your business, they would say annoying clients. Yeah. Right? So. I love how you've set that you've set that policy up from the start. So, um, Sarah, before we jump into the nuts and bolts, because I know there's girls out there, not to stereotype, there ladies out there going, "Come on, Tone, can you freaking ask her about how to put my house together?" But what do you <laughs> think the hardest part about being self-employed is, especially working from home, like you said? Um, I think it's just the jack of all trades thing that. As you get more established, then yes, you can um, outsource more and more. And I've been doing that. But right at the start, when it's just you and you you don't know um, yeah, where the next dollar is coming from, you've still got you know some overheads to cover. Um, 
it's probably just trying to spread yourself across doing everything and trying to maximize that time. Um, that's probably what I found the most challenging. And I still find it challenging to a degree. I mean, I have more help um, and I'm smarter about stuff now than I was day one. But um, yeah, just the juggling of like, um, yeah, I don't know, all the things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 all <laughs> of that stuff, just all the things. <laughs> But there you go, guys. Just, just the, the key there is like, don't worry. Like at the start, yeah, you got to be changed. You're the one who's doing the marketing. You're doing the pamphlets. You're doing the bookkeeping. You're changing the printer cartridge. But don't worry, it it, it doesn't always. That's not how it's always going to be. <laughs> there comes a time where you can you can outsource that outsource that stuff. So Sarah, I've got to ask. Talk to me. What makes a beautiful home? What what when you're walking into someone's house, right? I know you get that smile on your face, but what do you? What's, what gets you going about being an interior designer? Uh, um, it, to me, it's just every home I think needs to be representative of the people who live there. Like I'm very much an advocate for um, forget about what is in the magazines and what's on trend or what the Joneses up the road have. Like forget all of that. It's about what do you want your home to look and feel like and then let's start there so your family might operate completely differently to the family up the road or um you know your brother or sister or, or whoever so it's about there's there's no one style or one way um so i think it's just the whole um client brief stage and concept stage is hugely important for me and why i spend so much time in that um phase of the design because there's no point me going and you know, designing this beautiful interior if it's not going to work for your specific family. So, yeah, I think when you walk into a space, you want it to just feel like, oh, yeah, this is so representative of them. Like your home, I walk in there now and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so these guys. Like it's it's totally on point. And, um, you wouldn't be very happy with how it looks right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kids for you. But no, I love that. I love, like I said, I said, I need a room to put all the shit in. I yeah. need a room for an office so I don't have to, I can get away. But yeah, I, exactly. you know what I love about what you do, right? I, I'm, I don't get to see like, as a coach, right? I get to talk to people and give them the tips, but I never, it's not tangible, but yeah. I love, I love, I always admire like your trade and, personal trainers because there's those before and afters where yeah. it's like this is what it was this is it now and I think that's really cool you must love just seeing that come to life right oh absolutely it's so rewarding and when a client this comes back to the nice clients as well and um why I've really from day one been really quite mindful about the um, types of people that I um I think naturally attract but when you have a client that just really trusts you um and just gives you, I wouldn't say necessarily free reign because obviously you want them to be involved, but just really um, knows that you're going to do the right thing by them, um, then that's when you get the best result. And so it's just about being able to have those lovely clients that you can say, look, I know this is what you were thinking, but what about this? I think this will be really cool for you. And like it blows their mind and that's when you're getting the, the best transformations. And that's what they're paying a designer for at the end of the day. So. And I love it. I can, I can hear the passion coming through. So Sarah, like you need to tell me, so I've got listeners out there right now who are on the train or on the car on the way to work going, Oh, not another day. I can't do this. Right. So, and I'm not going to tell anyone to go and quit their job because what I found with starting up a side hustle, as much as it's tempting to, you know, 
what you would say, burn the boats and just jump into it. What you want to do is what Sarah's done, right? Where you've, if there's something that you really want to do, you need to be tactical about that. And you need to start off slow because like, for example, Sarah doesn't, if she's not, a, has to be concerned about the business not working and going to have to work for someone else. So what I see too often is where someone will go, yep, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to be an interior designer tomorrow. Right. But, it's they they've only given them six months of income to survive and the the work doesn't come in and next thing you know they're back asking for their old job back so i think for somebody out there Sarah, like would you agree that if there's a dream that you have definitely chase it but there needs to be a tactical way to go from where they are now to where they want to get to if they want to stay there yeah for sure if it's going to be a long-term thing um and you want this to be a career and it's um, I guess fitting into the rest of your life holistically with your financial goals and um, health and well-being and relationships and all of that, um, then yes, it needs to be tactical. Um, I'm all for, um, I'm quite a spontaneous person and often um, at fault of not thinking things through, we'll just sort of like um, jump into things. It's like quite a quick starter with um, things sometimes. Um, However, when it's big decisions like this, then yeah, um, I would definitely advise, like have that end goal, but then work out, okay, how long um, is it going to take me? Like how much money do I realistically need to, to get to that point? And just with design and construction um, jobs, like jobs can be 12, 18 months, two years, and you're not necessarily getting paid for a lot of those months. So um, yeah, if you're only got cash flow for six months, then you might be um, doing it tough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I am all for, and I think everyone needs to go out there and have a visual, visualize where they want to be. But just what I would say is try to be a little bit tactical about it because if you, if you really want to be a um, interior designer or you really want to be a graphic designer or surfboard instructor, whatever, surfing instructor, if you really want to do that, trust me that you want to do that forever. So even if it takes you a year or two longer to get there, you want to be able to stay there. So Sarah, I, I love that. And, and dude, like I'm so inspired by your, your journey and like the last, you know, I just, um, from going from that employee in a real estate company now to being that sought after interior designer. So like, I mean, if you could sort of fast forward, like the last five to 10 years been great for you, but if you could, what would have to happen for you in the next 10 years to feel like you've really nailed it? Um, I think probably just to have a bit more um, freedom. So that's probably always been the goal for my husband and I is to have our work um, support our bigger life goals, which is um, for us, it's traveling. That's all we yep. ever want to do is to, to travel. Um, so we've, I guess, really working towards um setting ourselves up so financially we can you know take three months off and go and hire a villa in italy and and hang out there and you know um um you know broaden our minds and do those other sort of really creative things and then bring that experience back to our work and um you know that inspiration so um that's probably the the biggest driver as to um, what makes us work so hard. Um, I love it. And do you, does that like, that must keep you going, right? Like that. And I'm big on the, anyone who's listened to me for a while. I just love that visualizer and my wife and I, and the, I think we've got the two kids. So traveling <laughs> is, uh, it's as we do as much as we can. Um, but does that keep you going? Like that, that tough week, that tough month, 
is that visualization of you and your husband in that villa in Italy? Is that like, uh, how important is that in terms of keeping you going through the tough times, which I know there are plenty being self-employed. Yeah. Hugely. It's everything. Um, you always need to, well, I find I always need to have something to, um, be working towards or, or looking forward to. Um, and something that is, um, I guess, tangible in terms of like an experience. So it might not necessarily be a holiday. It might be that, okay, um, in six weeks time, I'm going to, or now I'm going to book us in to have lunch or dinner at a really beautiful restaurant in six weeks time. Cause I know that these next six weeks are going to be really hard or really big or whatever. And then that's our yep. reward. So I'm big on doing that sort of stuff just to have things to keep to working towards. I'm not sort of the type of person that can just like turn up to the office every day and tick along and do the same tasks every day and, and be that autonomous. Um, I'm really um, probably yeah, too spontaneous and all over <laughs> to, to do that. So I need to have sort of bigger things to um, drive me. That's what's all about that, right? Like, I love that you have those milestones. I know that the next 10 years is going to be amazing for you. I know how hard you work and I know how well you look after your clients. So dude, the last thing I was going to say is, yeah, where, where did, what's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can, my website is sarahyarrowinteriors.com. Um, they can get in touch with me there um, or Instagram, sarah underscore yarrow um, are probably the two best places. Awesome. And guys, don't worry. Um, even if you're not in a position where you want to do the full house, so Sarah has um, the, op- the option to, to just chat with her, book on a one-on-one consultation where you can just get, she can just give you the ideas of what you should do or what was potential and you can go off and do it yourself. Or if you're in that sort of uh, outsource, outsource of mindset or probably lazy for me, it's almost like, yeah, um, Sarah, come in. I need a full overhaul. Can you, <laughs> here's the keys. Uh, do your best type of thing so so sarah dude i um appreciate everything you do all your energy and uh thank you so much for hanging out with us today Uh, thanks tony appreciate it thanks for having me there you go guys thanks so much for hanging out with me today on another podcast i love sarah's story but then because i know that it's just a simple inspirational story she just you know figured out what she wanted to do she went on a bit of travel she came back and she had an idea and a dream and then she just made it happen and i hope that you realize that you can too and um one thing i was going to reiterate was just the importance of making sure that you plan it because um the last thing i want you to do is jump into something you're really passionate about and then you have to jump out of it because it didn't survive because of the finances what have you so i know it can be painful to sort of have that side hustle and try to work full time and start something up on the side but i guarantee you if you can take the take the time and do it that way it's going to guarantee your success so much more so thank you for joining us today um if you're feeling friendly um leave us a little rating or if you haven't already make sure you subscribe that way every time we do a new episode will come straight to your phone and um if there's someone in your life that you think you'd love to have listen please do us a favor and share this link with them so they can uh, hear Sarah's story. And uh, most importantly, stay safe, take care, and look forward to catching up on the next podcast.